G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking breakout players. Who's going to step it up this season? Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Today we've got a nice, fun, exciting topic to talk to you guys about. Uh, We're talking potential breakout players. Now, this is always a nice one for you guys to have a bit of research in. It's always fun to hit these guys and... um, when they smash their, head, their ADP with their value, um, it always goes a long way to you winning your league or at least getting into the playoffs and doing really well that season. Um, you'll notice a lot of these guys on this list. I've got 21 players that we're going to go through today. So, And a lot of guys you can get pretty late in the draft. So stick around right to the end and you'll get some good value out of the video today, guys, or the podcast if you're listening on uh, podcast version. Um, but yeah, you'll notice a lot of these guys are younger guys. It's usually the case. It's usually your second, third, fourth year guys that are going to be providing you that breakout potential. Um, unless your name is DeMar DeRozan and you just come over and at age whatever 33 you are and put up career best season. Usually it's these guys that we are at least able to project. And for the most part, those were the breakouts that we had last season. You think of guys like Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain, uh, Miles Bridges, all these guys that came out of, um, you know, younger players stepping up into larger roles um, and really putting it on even someone like Jonathan Murray. These guys were all younger players stepping into a bigger role. And that's where a lot of these guys are going to be here um, for this list. So we've got a few guys to get through. So let's st- get stuck into it. First guy is a bit of an obvious one here, Cade Cunningham. Now, for each of these players, I'm going to give you what I reckon their ceiling is if all the stars align and how confident, and how confident I am that they're going to hit that ceiling, okay? So there's basically just a three-scale three kind of uh, rating here, a confidence level of high, medium, or low. Some of them have got a medium to high, medium to low, um, and, and sort of what I think of the players in general. So for Cade Cunningham, I think his ceiling is... Um, you know, top 20, I'd say, is a pretty decent thing to expect for Cade Cunningham here. And I've got a, I've got a pretty high level of confidence that he's going to get there. I think um, he was my number one rookie going into the draft. I was very impressed by Evan Mobley, but I still think he might be very, you know, he or Mobley might be very up there with the best players from the rookie class. He's got a very fantasy-friendly game. Um with his uh, good rebounds for the guard, good assists. The percentages are nice. I think the field goal percentage won't be punt-worthy necessarily uh, this year. I think he's even going to get you you know, good blocks for a guard as well. I think the threes come up. I think he's going to get a few more minutes. He's um, They've obviously lost a player like Jeremy Grant, who was taking up a, a decent amount of usage last season. Um, and I think, obviously, he started the season a bit slower as well with uh, ankle injury to start the season. He limited his preseason and prep for the season. So I think Cade Cunningham, I'm very confident to take him. Uh, I think he's a decent pick in the third round. 
I don't know if I get crazy and pick him in the second round if yeah, I think I think he's a third round guy for me, but if you take him early in that third round, then then fine if you need those good stats. I, I like that pick there. So yeah, do really like me some Cade Cunningham and, and he is my number one breakout player for this season. The next guy that I've got here is Anthony Edwards. He is someone who is, uh, obviously, I think there's a lot of people very much switched on to this one here. Uh, Maybe a bit too much so. The funny thing is, though, I think that I've got a higher ceiling for him than I do for Kay Cunningham. They're both very similar in age, which was interesting when I was looking at this. I think they're both 21 years old. Uh, So Anthony Edwards is, is obviously still getting a lot better. I think his ceiling is is first round, really. Top 12, I think, is his ceiling. Like If he comes out and he puts up 27 points a night, three and a half threes, um, you know, five rebounds, four assists, a steal and a half, um, the percentages are decent. So if he gets up to the high 40s and, and gets the free throw percentage into the 80s, um, then that's... That's a first-round guy, pretty much. You know, that's kind of like the Devin Booker equivalent to the second half of the season. Um, you know, maybe instead of Booker's free-throw percentage, you've got Anthony Edwards putting up a few more threes and, and a little bit more steals as a, as a substitute for that kind of value. But that, yeah, that's kind of top 12. Now, is my level of confidence that he gets there as high as Cade? No, I don't think that, like, there's a lot of things that have to go right for him to make that leap. The percentages in particular, I think, are questionable that they get there, but I am expecting him to be the leading scorer on the Timberwolves this season. I'm really excited for what he can do. I think the the trade to to get Rudy Gobert shows to me that the organization is confident in him and that they uh, believe in his talent. Um, I was in his draft year. I had Lamelo Ball over him. Um, I wasn't so sure about the efficiency of his shot making, but I've definitely started to come around. I think he's got really high upside. So Anthony Edwards, definitely a very fun player to draft. So um, if you want that excitement, you went someone really safe in the first round. I, I still think he's a third round guy for me. I've seen him go in the second round a lot. If you needed a bunch of scoring and you're drafting close to the turn, so if you have one of those early picks, picks one to three, sure you might be able to get him at the end of that second round and, and maybe still get some really good value at the start of the third. But yeah, it, I, I I would love to get him in the third round. I just don't know if I am going to this season. Um, his hype is definitely, definitely building. Uh, so that is Evan uh, Anthony Edwards. The next guy, potential breakout player number three is Evan Mobley. Now he is a guy that I really do like. I'm very, very high on him. I think for me, he has top 25 ceiling easily. I'm medium to high confident that he gets there. The... I, I would have said hi before the trade. I'm, I'm a bit more medium now after the trade because of Donovan Mitchell coming over and just taking away what we would have expected that scoring jump to be. Um, I do still think, though, that we're going to see an increase in his field goal percentage. I think we're going to see an increase in his steals. I still think he's going to increase in his points as well. The free throw percentage is going to be the make or break for his nine category rankings. But in all honesty, I'm happy just to punt that category and just take away the um, me having to worry about that for his rank. It, it's not to say that his free throw percentage is punt worthy. It, you, don't, you can definitely recover from it. Um, and he could even become a positive in that category. But um, to really just solidify and lock in his value, if I'm punting free throws, then I don't even have to... If it isn't any better, then I'm not too stressed about it at all. So... In that kind of a build, I'm I'm 
more that medium high confidence. If I am looking after my free throw percentage, then I'm, I'm maybe a little bit less confident he gets to that ceiling. So I'm very happy to take him in the third, sorry, in the fourth round, early fourth round. Um, if you want to take him ahead of guys like uh, Vucevic or guys like Porzingis, um, even guys like Sabonis, in my opinion, I've got no issues with that. Uh, I probably would be taking big men like Bam, Robert Williams, Rudy Gobert ahead of him. Pascal Siakam, for example, maybe might be ahead of him just for safety. Um, depending on what I'm looking for. But those blocks are extremely hard to find. Those blocks with decent scoring is extremely hard to find because otherwise then you you rely on getting a Jakob Pertle or you're getting a Mitchell Robinson or um, someone like an Isaiah Jackson late in the draft and they just don't score enough. Um, so I think Mobley's value in just the scarcity of what he provides elevates him even higher to me. So I think I'm very happy to take him in the late 30s as sort of a range, um, and I'm excited to see what he does this season. Uh, big fan of Evan Mobley. The next guy is everyone's favorite uh, ball boys um, star here, or what could have been star last season, Alperen Sengun. Now, this guy has an absurd ceiling. He has got a legitimate chance to be a top 35 guy, I'm going to say. Very much reminiscent of like a, a Nikola Vucevic sort of type where he's going to get you points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. It, it really hinges on the percentages. It hinges on the turnovers for him. I think, and, and the minutes, and I, I suppose the points, if it's 14 versus if it's like 17 or 18 points per game. Um, there's a lot of people getting really excited about him, rightfully so. The per 36 numbers are reminiscent of Nikola Jokic um, in his rookie season. It's it's hard to make that leap and jump when there are a lot of proven talents around that area. So I probably wouldn't go inside the top 50 for him. I think I've drafted him as high as 58 or 59 in a mock draft when I was drafting on the turn. I think I was pick number one, so he wasn't going to get back to me. I took him over a player like a Jonas Valanciunas. I think that that's okay. If, if you're a bit worried about Valanciunas and his role with Zion coming back, I think it's okay to take a, a Shengun over that type of a player. He does have downside. Like maybe he's not good enough to stay out there on the court for as much as we want. Maybe the foul trouble is an issue. Uh, perhaps they don't feature him as much as we would like. and He doesn't have that primary play, playmaking role that we, we would really like him to have. I'm, I'm confident that he is, and when he's out there, he's going to be good. Um, there's just a lot of things for him to really hit that ceiling, especially in the efficiency of the percentages. I don't know if he's going to be contributing much in threes either. Turnovers are high. So he fits certain builds a bit better than others. But yeah, obviously, we, we all love Alperen Sengun. Just Just don't get too suckered in on the name and the hype and the excitement because... Um, yeah, there is still a little bit of downside taking him uh, as high as inside the top 50. The next guy here, again, another guy, Houston Rocket. Kevin Porter Jr., I think, is primed for a, a good breakout season. He already had a half mini breakout at the end of last season. A lot of people focus on Jalen Green for that kind of role. Kevin Porter Jr., to me, I am more confident with him. Um, I think he fits a punt free throw build perfectly. You don't have to worry about the free throws and volatility there. He's actually a really decent three-point shooter. He's put that up for an entire season. I think he shot like 39% off the top of my head from last year. Um, So he's someone who I'm not worried about him 
um, with his minutes. I think that the Rockets are still committed to playing him a decent amount of minutes. Um, the assists are super valuable. The threes are nice. He's um, not a bad rebounder for a point guard as well. He should get you close to maybe 20 points a night. I, I just think that Kevin Porter Jr. is he's kind of like a De'Aaron Fox light type player, maybe with more threes, fewer points. Um, and I just think that you know, I think he's ranked outside the top 100 at the time of recording, which is crazy to me. Um, those those kind of players just don't come around very often or, or you can't get them that late in drafts, I should say. And so I think that he is definitely... If the field goal percentage and he becomes better at free throws, he looks after the ball a bit better, you could definitely see his nine-category ranking soar up the rankings. Um, I think he was a top 90 guy in the, after the All-Star break last year, and that was still on some suspect field goal percentage shooting and the and the turnovers were still there. So um, very young still, still very young and has a lot of time to, to break out and uh, the opportunity is definitely there for him. Um, the next guy here, Devin Vassell, um, starting to become a bit of a popular name amongst a lot of fantasy analysts. Obviously the trade of DeJounte Murray opens up a lot of usage opportunity for him. Uh, very similar for DeJounte and Keldon Johnson last year when DeMar DeRozan left. Vassell, I like him more than Keldon Johnson just because he does provide more in the other categories like steals and threes. Um, He's a good free throw shooter. He doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. So his defensive stat ability is a bit better than Keldon Johnson, so I like his floor a little bit more. Um, Maybe he doesn't score as many points, although he could take a step up in that, I think, as well. So he's a young guy. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Keldon Johnson, um, and I'm probably more confident that he gets there. So for me, I'm happy to take him ahead of Kelton. In most drafts at the moment, you can take him afterwards, so there's good value there. Just watch the field goal percentage. I don't know if he's going to be a huge assist guy. He might throw in maybe three assists per game, though. Um, he could definitely improve and surprise in that area. It wouldn't completely shock me. Um, but yeah, I think he's a really good guy to be targeting. Um, Jalen Green is the next one here. Now, he's another guy here who has very high upside. I'm going to put his upside here as like a top 40 guy. My confidence, however, is low on him. Um, Just because, again, is the kind of player that I don't always love to draft. Guys who don't get the steals and blocks aren't super efficient. Um, His assists and rebounds are not the best either. Lots of points and threes, which is great. Maybe his assists can improve and he takes a bit more of a playmaking role. Um, I just don't, I don't know if it all happens at the same time. Uh, he's going to get a bit overdrafted, in my opinion, because the points are so alluring. Um, so he should probably get like 22, 23 points a night, which is nice. It's good. He could get up to maybe 25 points a night, really, if it, if it all came together. So he does have a high ceiling, maybe a higher ceiling than a Kevin Porter Jr. and a Devin Vassell. Um, but I'm just not as confident that he gets there. So for me, he he's in that kind of range, and there's a few guys in this range here for me which could crack top 30, top 40 numbers. But um, yeah, it is it is a bit of a um, for me at least for Jalen Green, it's a bit of a toss of a coin if he if he gets there. So I have a bit more confidence in the other guys, hence why he's ranked a little bit lower. Um, the next guy I want to talk about, we mentioned him before, similar kind of story to Jalen Green, Keldon Johnson. Lots of opportunity there with DeJounte Murray gone. He should lead the Spurs in scoring, in my opinion. Um, the threes will be decent. The rebounds will be okay. He might get a, a trickle of assists here and there as well, but the defensive stats won't be there unless something miraculously changes. Um, percentages, we'll see. 
I'm also just a little bit cautious of the fact that I don't think he's as, you know, a super talented player, although Popovich does seem to see something in him, inviting him to the USA team a couple of years ago, uh, or last year, I can't remember. Um, so he's, he's he might come out and prove me wrong, so I still think he's a good player. His ceiling might be, you know, the top 50, top 45 kind of level. I've got a medium level of confidence, pretty similar to Devin Vassell, just maybe a little bit um, less confident that he gets there in terms of the, the steals and block numbers not being as close to Devin Vassell. So, yeah, I think, and, and, and I think for him as well, he's going higher than, than Vassell. So um, there's just less value in my opinion as it stands right now. If that changes, obviously, there might be different value elsewhere. Um, Josh Giddy is the next guy we're going to talk about, the Aussie. Now, Giddy is someone, again, early in the season, he was being hyped. He's still pretty hyped at the moment. Um, the assist rebounds are excellent, and they're a combination of stats that you don't find very easily, especially later in drafts. Like, you don't get a lot of those kind of guys. Um, but I don't know where else he gets better. He was, if you're punting field goal percentage, he was just inside the top 100. Nine category leagues, I think he was like 160 or something like that last season. Does he score more? Does he get more threes? Does he get more steals? I don't know if I see more steals. I think the threes can improve maybe a little bit. Instead of maybe one, he maybe gets to 1.4, 1.5. Maybe his scoring can get up to 14 points per game instead of 12. So I see growth. I just don't know if I see huge leaps and bounds of growth that we expect. So I think that he's maybe a, a top 55, top 60 guy. In a category league, my my confidence is sort of medium to low on Giddy that he gets there because I think he's going to be really good at what he does, but what he does is only a couple of different areas and he does have deficiencies in other, other places. Um, yeah, and I just don't know if I see a huge place that he can just... Oh, yeah, it's obvious he's going to get better here. It's obvious he's going to do more of this. I mean, maybe it's scoring. Maybe he comes out, scores, and shoots better. That's probably the, the, the only way I can really see it. Do his assists go to like 9 or 10 per game? I don't think that happens because you've still got Shea there. Um, you've brought in like a, a Jalen Williams who can play and make a little bit as well. Um, so I don't think he's going to be like the elite of the elite assist guys, although it could happen. But he is a... He's a bit of like that Lonzo ball, kind of get the ball moving and not necessarily holding the ball for the assist, but he can make the pass to that gets the assist. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's going to be someone that I get a lot of stock in drafts this season because um, I don't think I see the same super high upside that a lot of other guys do. Those assists and rebounds are very valuable though, so if he slides to, you know, Pick 75, I'd be definitely happy to take a swing and, and go for him there. But I don't know how much high I'd be willing to go on a Josh Kitty. Franz Wagner, breakout candidates. He is someone who's playing really well over in the Eurobasket right now. We've seen some really good um, highlights of him, making some good step-back shots in the offensive game. Looks like it's coming along. He's a tough one in head-to-head leagues because he doesn't shine in any one particular area. He's very much... Uh, across-the-board contributor, which we don't love as much in head-to-head leagues because he doesn't benefit from any particular punt strategy. Um, really good roto player, which is which is nice for him. I think he's probably got a higher upside than some of the other guys that I've mentioned before in, um, in Giddy because I think that there is a chance that he is just a really, really good player and he comes out and just is 
you know, a young young star, and you know the assists rise, the rebounds rise, the points come up, the threes come up. He's a good guy to get you close to a steal and a block per game. He 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 only shot maybe like I think he only hit like one to one point two threes per game. That could come up to two. Um, the points could really soar. His percentages are nice. So he does have a fran- fantasy friendly game, and I do think I see more avenues to him getting better than than like a giddy. Um, it's just the spread out nature of his stat set that limits the upside in particular punt bills that has him a little bit downer on the rankings here for me. But um, yeah, I do really like me some Franz Wagner. And um, yeah, if you need an across the board contributor, then then he is definitely a breakout candidate and could be like a bit of a, could be like a bit of a Miles Bridges type in terms of his stats anyway, not not the person, but uh, in terms of the stats, just, just lifting in, in a lot of different areas. I can definitely see Franz having that capacity to do that. Jalen Smith is the next breakout candidate here. He is someone who I've got a high level of confidence at him being maybe a top 65, top 70 guy. I don't know if there's much more upside than that, but I'm very confident that he is going to be a good contributor this season. He's a great rebounder. He's a good shot blocker. He can score pretty efficiently. Um, he can hit a three per game. So I, I do really like him as a good late-round target if you need those big man stats and don't want to kill your percentages or your your turnovers or anything like that. So I do like me some Jalen Smith. We want to make sure that he is the starting power forward like they've said he is. And we want to make sure that if he's the starting power forward that he's getting 28, 30 minutes a night. Okay, so we haven't seen that yet. We're taking their word for it that that is going to be the case. So we want to make sure that that is the case. But I definitely do like if that is happening, very much happy to take him at sort of the in the 80s, maybe the the high 70s if you really need what he gives you. So um, I see some good upside from there. Just not someone who's going to rock it up into the top 50, in my opinion. Um, Don't know if I see that kind of level of upside. Nicholas Claxton is a player that I have liked for a little while. Maybe I've jumped the gun a little bit early. Last season, I was keen on him as a late-round flyer. This year, there's much less in the way. I expect him to be the starting center. I know some people have said to me that how does he work with Ben Simmons with that with the shooting on on that team? Who else is going to play next to him? I, I, I don't. I'm not worried about the spacing. Teams play with two non-shooters all the time. Um, like I think that that that's a bit of an overblown narrative. I'm not sure where it's come from. Uh, I think that he can definitely play alongside Ben Simmons. No worries. He's an excellent pick and roll guy. He's an excellent lob threat. His defense is really really good. Um, and I think that. They just don't have any other options. Um, that's not to say that they might not find another option if they make a trade or something like that down the uh, end of the season, but I think that right now as it stands, and you can't really project too much of that into his um, calculations, he's definitely someone who does have... I, I would say he's got top 60 upside. Um, I'm less confident that he gets there than a Jalen Smith. Um, injury, he's sometimes a bit injury-prone and foul-prone, so there are there's a bit more downside to him, but I think his upside is quite high. Um, he probably scores more points than a Jalen Smith. The blocks are probably a bit better. The field goal percentage is probably a bit better. Um, the free throws you do have to worry about. He's not going to get you assists and zero threes as well, um, but in certain punt builds, he can be extremely valuable. So Nicholas Claxon is another breakout candidate. This guy's a bit of an unorthodox potential breakout candidate, Brandon Clark. Now, he definitely has a high ceiling short term that I'm very confident in. Um, I'm less confident in that 
breakout potential sticking for the whole season, but I don't think it's zero. There is an opportunity for me. If he comes out and he smashes it and he plays really, really well, the Grizzlies play well with him there in the starting lineup, I could definitely see a scenario where Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back Right, Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back and they start him over and Steven Adams, okay? And Steven Adams moves to the bench and you, you start with Jaron Jackson at the center and um, Clark at the power forward or whatever it, whatever the case may be. You could you could do that because you've got a spacing guy who can re, um, protect the rim in, in JJJ and then um, Clark can be your rim runner and your pick and roll guy. I think that that actually works really nicely in my opinion. So I think that that is definitely a possibility. I think it's probably maybe like a 30% chance of happening, but it's definitely a possibility. Um, So I'm very confident that he's going to be like a top 75, top 70 guy as a um, start of the season guy while JJJ is out. But there is a chance that he remains like a top 90 dude even after JJJ comes back into the lineup. And um, that's a really good pick at where he's going, which is pretty close to around 100 at the moment or in the 90s. So I do like Brandon Clark for that reason. Big field goal, big rebounds, steals and blocks are okay. Um, not going to wow you with, with a lot of popcorn stats, but just very, very solid in fantasy. A um, couple of guards coming up next. Markel Fultz for our next breakout player. Now, Markel Fultz is someone that I've gotten a few mock drafts. I know I snagged him off Josh Lloyd in that uh, roto mock that we did the other day. Um, he was one of the best per-minute assist guys to the, to end the season last year. I think that while he won't keep up that level of assist making, he definitely has some good ability to, to dish out a lot of assists, get some good steals. Um, you're not going to get the threes. You, the scoring, I'm not so sure about, although he could get up to sort of 14, 15 a night. If it all comes together, he was the number one pick. I know he's had a funky shot and had some injuries, and, and it's... It, it is a risk, but I think that there is the legitimate upside here for Markel Fultz. The Gary Harris injury, I think, actually helps him a fair bit because now you've just got Cole Anthony, Suggs, and Fultz, which are going to, I think, be that three-guard kind of rotation. I expect them all to be in the at least high 20s in minutes, um, maybe low 30s in minutes in Fultz's case. I think that they played really well with him out on the court, and um, there's less pressure with him with, with Paolo there. Maybe the spacing on the court is a bit funky with Fultz and a few other non-shooters on on the court. Um, So that might be his limiting factor. But again, if it all works out, I think that he does have sort of... He's probably got top 75 upside, um, top 70 upside maybe if it really all comes together and those steals are there and the assists are there in high volume and he's playing lots of minutes. Um, Probably medium to medium or low confidence in that one just because I'm not sure about the spacing. But yeah, I do like me some Markel Fultz. Uh, As soon as the draft ticks over, sort of pick... 100, and you need those assists and steals that he can give you. Jalen Suggs is another one that I'm also really keen on. Um, Maybe a little bit different. You're worried about the field goal percentage, most definitely. But I think that he's a great defender. I think that he is someone who can get you assists still and some steals. I think he and Fultz are going to be the starting backcourt pairing. Um, I think we see improvement from him from a shooting point of view in year two. He was the fifth number overall pick. I liked him in the preseason draft. I think that, yeah, I think 
if you're, you're probably still going to be wanting to punt the field goal percentage, but I don't think he's going to come out and shoot 36% from the field like he did last season. I expect that to be above 40% this year. Um, the threes, I think, are going to rise. The points are going to rise. Uh, I think the minutes are going to be higher, so that affects his rebounds, uh, assists, and steals, I believe, as well. Um, he was a good shot-blocking guard in, in the college. Didn't show that much in the NBA, so that has a chance to come up a tick as, a little bit as well. I think the turnovers will drop back down, so... Really, really big opportunity for him to smash what he did last season and could um, could go pretty far. I, I've got him as a, a top 80 sort of potential for me as um, someone who I'm, I'm mediumly confident in because I, I do really like uh, Jalen Suggs as a player. Isaiah Jackson. Now, I've spoken a fair bit about Isaiah Jackson, so I won't go too long on, on this guy here, but his ceiling is legitimately top 40. He is a per-minute animal. 2010, three blocks, good percentages, uh, a steal per game, maybe a three per game. He is, he is a fantasy animal if he gets the minutes. At the moment, he is the backup center behind Miles Turner. To me, that results in him getting about 18 to 20 minutes a game at best. It's not enough for him to be fantasy. You know, maybe he can be a top 140 guy in that kind of time playing time. If he gets the minutes, it's he smashes where he's going, right? I'm just not confident enough to take him at that spot when there are other guys around that area, like a Nicholas Claxton, like a Brandon Clark, like a Jalen Smith, who I'm just, I believe in a bit more at that position. Isaiah Jackson has a higher upside than a lot of those guys, but I'm just not as confident because... He needs a trade of Miles Turner or an injury to Miles Turner to get that happening. I don't think he plays power forward. They've already said Jalen Smith is going to be their power forward. He's not a shooter. Um, so I don't think he gets out there. I think that, obviously, the I've said this before, the Pacers literally went out and signed DeAndre Ayton. They're not looking at Isaiah Jackson and saying that he is the starting center. He is the future. Let's not worry about trying to get centers. We've got our center. They're not doing that. It reminds me very much of like an Isaiah Stewart a couple of years ago with the Pacers. Sorry, not the Pacers, with the Pistons. Um, everyone got a bit excited about him. And he kind of... Fl- I think he's a much better player than an Isaiah Stewart. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that he's not their generational center that they're building around. He's a, he's a good center. I think he's a good player. But if they have a chance to improve on the position, I think that they still will take it. So even if Miles Turner is traded... There's no guarantee that another center doesn't come back and he isn't still a backup um, center post the All-Star break. Um, and and he's not the most durable player either. Like in, in minutes, he, he's had a few injuries, ankle issues and, and things like that in the past. So there's just a lot of downside for me for, for Isaiah Jackson. If you can get him, you know, after pick 110 or something like that, um, I think it's fine. I think you take the swing there. Obviously, there's a huge upside, um, and it could all work out. It could win you your league, but it also could just be a bit of a wasted pick. And I think I'm more leaning on wasted pick at this stage. I'm watching him very closely in preseason. and watching the paces very closely in preseason, but that's my thoughts on Isaiah Jackson. Let me know what you think because um, I really like the guy. I think he's a he's a great player and, and a good fantasy guy. I've got him a lot of dynasty rosters. I'm hoping that he comes into that starting role because um, it would be good for me, but we'll, we'll see. Yet, let to be, um, yet to be decided yet. So next guy here, Bones Highland. Another guy who's generating a good bit of hype. I'm a big fan of Bones. I was keen on him before the draft in his draft year. I think that... Yes, Jamal Murray is back, 
Um, they obviously traded uh, Monty Morris. They traded... Um, who was the other guy? Will Barton. They traded him away. They got back KCP. Although I think KCP is a, he's not as good a player as those other guys. So I think Monty Morris, is like his value is a net gain in that trade. I think the fact that he's a second-year player, he had some good moments last season. I think he fits really well in a Jokic-centered offense, a guy who's got deep range. He can defend pretty decently as well. He can play make nice. He's got a good per-minute stat profile with assists, steals, threes, shooting efficiently. Um, So he's a really nice guy, and he definitely could be, if we see him getting some good minutes and showing out in preseason, he would be someone that I get pretty excited about, like a Jordan Poole type or a Desmond Bain type of last year. I can see very similar vibes when it comes to Bones Highland. Um, So my confidence at him being like a top 80 guy is medium at the moment. Um, I, I'm pretty excited to see what Bonesy can do. But let's just see how they are treating Jamal Murray and, and how that also affects Bones Highland's minutes in the preseason and, and what the wording is around the club with how they how they roll him out there. Um, next couple guys, we're nearly through, guys. Isaiah Hartenstein. I love me some Isaiah Hartenstein. He's got top 60, top 50 upside, really. His fantasy game is amazing. Um, my confidence, again, similar to an Isaiah Jackson, is lower because I think he will be starting behind Mitchell Robinson. It is only Mitchell Robinson in front of him, though. Um, not the most healthy guy in the world. Not the best guy at um, you know controlling his fouls. He's not the most versatile big man either. So I think that there is a legitimate possibility that throughout the season he just outplays Mitchell Robinson and gets ahead of him. So Whereas I don't think that that happens with Isaiah Jackson and Miles Turner, but... I think that could happen with Hartenstein. The, the issue is that they re-signed Mitchell Robinson for more money than they did for Hartenstein. So they obviously, it tells me that they believe in him a bit more and a bit more confident to give him the, the, the money that Hartenstein got. So that's why I'm not as confident. But he could still be valuable in a 20-minute-a-night roll, a 22-minute-a-night roll. Um, and on nights where Mitchell Robinson is hurt, you're going to get really good production from Hartenstein. Uh, Anyeka Kongu is another one. I think similar to Hartenstein, he's got nearly a top 50, top 60 upside in him. He's stuck behind Clint Capella right now, but that could change. That definitely could change. So these two big guys are definitely guys that if you want that high upside swing, you can afford to wait on them a little bit while they stay on the bench. That could change um, sooner than maybe we think because... There was a lot of stuff down the end of the last season that Clint Capella was getting fewer minutes when Okongu was back from his injury. Um, I think he's really good. I really liked him in the preseason in, in his draft. I think he was like a top three or four pick for me. I think I had him ahead of Wiseman if I go back on my rankings in that draft class. So I, I do really like Okongu. I think he's a much more versatile defender. And I think that the Hawks will slowly start to see that uh, if they haven't seen it already. So... Don't go crazy because I still think he's starting the season on the bench behind Capella. But I'm I'm in the camp that I think by the end of the season, Okongu will be the starter. I just don't really know when and I don't know if he's going to be worth holding on to until we see it. Um, I think that maybe there's a 60% chance that Okongu is the starter by the end of the season. Um, but yeah, so that's where I sort of sit with him. Um, not willing to go crazy and draft him in the 60s, like, like like that first mock draft that I did. But yeah, definitely someone who I'm uh, 
having an eye having an eye on and, and would we'll, we'll be happy to take the swing on. Last couple of guys, Patrick Williams is a breakout candidate. I've taken him in a couple of mock drafts as like a last or second to last round pick. He's one of those guys where he's got the opportunity there and if he just gets better and just shows something that he hasn't shown before, he could rise. My confidence level is pretty low, however. I don't really like to just go, okay, yep, that guy's going to do something he's never done before and he's going to be way better at X, Y, Z. Um, he's really young. He was taken a pick four. Um, the Bulls seem to really like him. They didn't want to trade him last year when there was talks around, uh, I think it was Je- um, Jeremy Grant and things like that. Probably the right call, to be honest. But I think that, you know, he could come out and, and really show out. I think maybe top top 90, top 80 potential is definitely... Um, something that we could see. I just don't know. He, he's going to have to be, yeah, change something in his game. He's going to have to start getting really steals and blocks or putting up a lot of points. Um, might require an injury to one of those big usage guys and Levine, DeRozan, or Vucevic for him to get there. But it could happen. It definitely could happen. And then uh, last guy that we're going to talk about here is Trey Murphy. Um, again, I don't know if his ceiling is super high, but maybe he's got that Desmond Bain kind of level to him where he just comes out and he's dropping threes like crazy um, and just continues to hold that spot. I think that the Zion return helps a player like him because he's going to be out there to space the floor if they want to play a bit more small ball with Zion at the five. I think he can definitely help them do that. Um, Again, though, not very versatile in his stat set, so he might have to come out and show something that he hasn't done yet before, but definitely a guy that I think that you could take with your last or second-to-last pick that um, could really could really improve this year in his second season. And um, yeah, he started to show some really good things in, in stretches last year. But again, my confidence level for this kind of a player is, is somewhat low. Um, hence why I think he's just worthy of a last or second to last round pick. So that's it for our breakout players. Let me know what you guys think with all these guys. Is there someone that I've missed that you think could be a huge breakout contender? Um Obviously, I didn't want to go through every single player that had a smallest possibility chance. I think these guys have a very decent shot at breaking out this season. So let me know who you think is a good breakout contender. Um, make sure you subscribe. We're going to be going absolutely crazy this preseason with so much content coming up. Um, you're going to be you're going to be sick of seeing me. There's going to be so much fantasy basketball content. So if you're new here, if you haven't seen event content before, subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button on the video. Check out ballboysnba.com. Get yourself a season draft guy for just $10 for the entire season. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Laters.